So God also knew that offense would lead man to engage in wickedness. And God chose to make it the reason for the release of the greatest blessing ever. God did not expect humanity to do otherwise when Jesus Christ came to the earth. When Jesus Christ came to the earth to die for us, God knew that we will engage offense like the Jews were offended. An offense will lead them to abandoning the call of God on their life because that's Satan's plan. He just wants us to be offended by the workings of God. God knew this will happen. And God was going to use that very thing to release to us the greatest blessing of all. What would be the point of Jesus coming to die if humanity had the wisdom and the power to resist offense, right? Amen. It was for man's failures that Jesus came. How was man failing? Every time the devil offers his option, man was taking it. Every time the devil offers offense, hatred, and all of this stuff, man was taking it. Why was man taking it? Man was taking it because man's forefathers, Adam and Eve, took it from the very beginning. Therefore, we all became slaves to sin. I mean, Satan clearly told them that if they took the whatever, they would be like God. Can you see the comparison now? Yeah, Nadia, actually, uh, the self-righteous spirit is very connected to this offense. Go, girl. Almost everything is connected to it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, because I was also, as you were preaching this, I was thinking about the story of Moses and how he didn't even get to go to the promised land because, you know, he he did obey the Lord and he was leading many people, but, you know, God had told him to speak to the rock. Instead, he struck it twice and it was like his self-righteousness as he thought, and it's so disguised well because he thinks that he's going to please the Lord by doing something in his mind is maybe better. But it wasn't because God said, strike it. Don't strike. He said, speak to it. Don't strike it. But he, Moses made his own decision. So it's that same, you know, going back to Eden, um, both of them not obeying exactly what God was saying, like, don't eat from the fruit of this tree. But they decided on their own well maybe well you know like god did say but they just decided that they would make their own self-decision yeah which is the luring of that evil the pride like i'm better than god i know better or maybe god might be you know wrong or maybe i might i don't know it's just like a very very deceptive it's very very deceptive like we have to be on alert amen thank High you alert. yeah amen so how was man failing? Every time the devil offers his option, man kept taking it because man had already come into agreement with Satan. And the bait there was that God was stopping them from becoming like God. Remember John the Baptist feeling like he's equal with Jesus? Remember King Herod feeling like it's another king that is coming to take his place? Remember the Jews feeling like this guy is not worthy to be our king? All of that leading to taking the bait of offense. Their forefathers had engaged the lie that if they eat that fruit, they will be like God. They were already made in the image of God. So that was a lie. But they engaged it because they were told that God was stopping them from becoming like him. So it's always that 
equality you want to place on someone and you feel like you're that person's equal so you deserve what the person has or else if God made you why would you be offended that God does not want you to be like him you are the creation he is the creator why because this idea was already sold to them that's how the enemy presents it to us all the time And to what Cynthia was trying to also portray, if I relate it to this teaching, it is the fact that Moses became so acquainted with God that he felt that he could do something different, which could even be better or yield the same results as what God wanted. Because at this time, remember, Moses was so close with God that when God says that, oh, I'm going to kill these people, this your people, Moses said, they are not my people, they are your people, that you brought them out from Egypt. Do you want to kill them in the desert so that all the nations will say you brought them out to kill them? So there was a certain familiarity going on there. Back to what I was saying is that every time the devil offers us this option of a spirit of offense, we take it because Adam and Eve took it in the very beginning. Therefore, we all became slaves to sin. Uh, This is my emphasis now. Here is where God turned the tables around to Satan's devastation. God would use that very weakness. Number one, that inability to resist Satan. Number two, that display of our slavery to the demonic realm. In the hidden state of our partnership with offense, that is where God would release an eternal blessing for those who will accept the greatest object of offense throughout history. Jesus is that greatest reason for offense in all of history. Till today, the name of Jesus is offensive to people. God will use that very thing that the enemy presented in the very beginning and has been a cause of so much trouble to us. Offense God will use that thing and person that is the object of greatest offense, he would turn it around so that by releasing offense, the hatred and the desire to have Jesus Christ killed, an eternal blessing will be released upon you and I for all eternity, for everyone that will accept Jesus Christ, the number one object of offense. Amen. So as the people of God, we must let people know that our shameful state of constantly yielding to sin is what qualifies them for salvation. By accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we come into an everlasting partnership that draws us to God's kingdom. This is why the Holy Spirit lives in us to help us when we are weak. So we become strong to resist the darkness. This is why we study the word of the Lord to learn these powerful keys, to build our spirit man, to no longer fall easily when the devil comes around. We overcome the darkness when we know the points the enemy presents to us. We know those points. I want you to remember that the Lord turned it around for us and the enemy could not see this happening. That Jesus Christ become flesh will be so offensive to the entire demonic kingdom. He will be so offensive to people around. Even his good actions will offend people around. God will use that to be the reason for the greatest release of blessing to an enslaved people. 
Today, you and I stand free, understanding who we are, walking in victory because the object of offense brought forth a blessing beyond measure for you and I. So my prayer is that we will engage God and his kingdom and we will stay aware that we are living recipients of this man that has been an object of so much offense. My prayer today is that we understand as we get into Passion Week that the whole process, the vehemence that came forth in the way they were beating him up, they would take the stick and hit him on his head several times. They will mix gall with wine and give him to drink. They will pierce all of this horrible expression of demonic hatred upon Messiah. What's for you to be blessed today? Offense drove humans to behave like beasts. I mean, some people say that Jesus Christ died before the two criminals on the cross because he was so badly battered that it was a miracle that he was still on that cross. They treated him horribly because they were offended when he was called king of the Jews. They were offended when he showed up and he was of the line of Judah. They were offended because he was of the seed of David. They were offended because he did all the miracles that none of them could do. They were offended because he refused to party with the Pharisees and the scribes were offended because he stood out. He stood out and took all the vengeance, all the composite of offense because he knew that on the other side of offense is a kingdom that releases blessings. And by him allowing offense to fully mature in the demonic realm to be poured out upon him, he would say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is how he resisted his own part to be offended by the very people he came to die for and engaged a blessing for the people he came to die for. Glory, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, may we walk in this powerful freedom as we engage this season. Amen. (laughs) I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. (laughs) It is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, 
It was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you. Go for it. Go grab your copy. Please grab your copy. Tell me about it. Tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life. Tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit.